chapter 4. I'll give you just a minute. Uh, and we're going to look at verse 4 through 13. Um, and here we go. Actually, so let's start in verse 7 to cut right to it. Now, grace was given to each one according to the measure of Christ's gift. For it says, when he, who's he? Jesus, ascended on high, he took captivity captive and gave gifts to people. I like that translation because it could be men or women. And um, but what what does he ascended mean except that he descended into the lower parts of the earth? The one who descended is also the one who ascended far above the heavens that he might fill all things. Okay, now, that he might infers purpose. It's important that we see this when we look into the Scripture, that, that there, is no, there, there aren't words in the Scripture that are random or fluff or meaningless. So anytime you see a therefore, or uh, in this case, that he might. This is really important. How many know if Christ Jesus, the King of all, has a purpose? I better know about it because that's my purpose. <laughs> Whatever his purpose is, that's my purpose. And um, OK, so the one who descended is also the one who ascended far above all the heavens that he that he might fill all things. And he personally, don't you like a personal gift from Jesus? And he personally gave some to be apostles some to be prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers, for the training of the saints in the work of the ministry or the equipping, to the build up of the body of Christ until, I like this, there's a purpose, and a time limit. Or, a, or, or a, yep, until when? How, how long is this going to happen? Until we all reach the unity of the faith in the knowledge of God's Son. Growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Whoa. What is God's plan for your life? Christ's fullness. What are you going to look like? Christ's fullness. This is your destiny as a son and a daughter of God. You think, do you, do you ever just dwell on this reality? It's an amazing thing that because we did, we, we did communion this morning, we, we received it. It's an amazing thing that because of the sacrifice of Christ, I stand before the Father, blameless, holy, perfect. Wow. I stand before you, a work in progress, in, in this journey of sanctification by human eyes, right? Jesus said it's finished, so it is. And that's where I'm going to live out of that. I'm going to live because it's actually setting our hope on this reality that, draw, that, that causes this, what Christ paid for, to manifest in fullness in our lives. And so Christ ascended on high since he first descended into the lower parts of the earth, right? So he took authority over death, hell, and the grave. He conquered the grave. He conquered it. He conquered it. He took those keys back and he ascended on high. Far above the heavens, this is amazing, where Jesus is sitting, there's nothing above him. 
Yeah, it's amazing. I heard somebody say it this way. When it says far above all principalities and powers, he's like, pick the highest principality in the spirit, and he's far above that. There's a huge chasm. Like, it's not like, oh, God's above you. It's like so far, you can't even see unless he gives you sight. So his victory is complete. Here's a even, this is just for free. Far above the heavens, and we're seated there with him. Right now, in the spirit, the reality is we're standing on earth, yet we're seated with Christ. It's a spiritual mystery, but it's true. A little bit of recap from last week. We talked about the apostles, prophets, um, teachers, pastors, evangelists. Now, in, um, in 1 Corinthians 12, it says it a little bit differently. And you can just write it down, but it's 1228. You can look at it later if you'd like. And it says, and I, and it says but God has placed in the, in the church... First, apostles, second, prophets, third, teachers, then miracles, gifts of healing, helping, and there's lots of other gifts. Now, there's a couple things that that passage helps us understand. One, there are five gifts of Christ, but not everybody is one of those. There are many, many other gifts. There's gifts of miracles, gifts of healings. But there are these sovereign gifts that God has given, that Christ himself has given. In other words, none of us could be fully Christ. So he's like, I better break it up at least five ways and make many, many, many apostles, many, many, many prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. Amen. Um, Now, we know that even in the timeline of things, as far as the way the church develops, that apostles are first, just as it says there, in 1 Corinthians 12, we're talking about apostolic structure today. Because God's kingdom has structure. You realize that? Do you know we use words that, that take on a negative connotation. Words like hierarchy. But hierarchy is not negative. Hierarchy is, a, is an order. God's kingdom is a hierarchy. He's at the top and no one's above him. And everyone else is below him. And, and, and I think it's important to say, which I'm skipping a little ahead of my notes right now, but I, I feel that it's important to say right now, um, is that rank does not speak of value. So, so, so a lot of times we struggle with this idea that, that some people have a grace that maybe others don't automatically sovereignly have. Now, we're going to get to this, but the graces are made available to us, not kept from us exclusively. The reason these gifts are given is so that we can drink from them. They're they're like fountains of grace. And they're for us all to drink and receive from. And that is the equipping that takes place. That is the empowerment that takes place. And that is God's plan for seeing his kingdom come and be established on the earth. Now, one thing I love about the apostolic mindset is that it reminds us, yes, we are a family, but we are a family with a mission. Right? Tracy Evans comes, right? Can't wait to have her back. So Tracy Evans comes. And what happens when Tracy comes in? You go, whoa, whoa, man, we got 
yeah, there's a there's a world to reach. And oh, my gosh. And you get infused not only with and it's not the kind of like stir you up to like, I got to do something to earn my keep here. It's 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 the empowerment that takes place and the faith that goes with it and the grace that says, I want to do some of what she does. And you won't be Tracy Evans, but you'll get a drink from that fountain and when you walk out, you're going to have, you're going to be seeing the world differently and the, and, and it's different in a good way because you're going to be seeing it from a heavenly perspective. God's perspective. How many know? Jesus came. He said, his prayer was, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Right? This is a refresher for most of us. But, but in heaven, there is nothing in heaven where God is seated that is against his will. He has it his way. Everything in heaven perfectly displays his nature. So much so that when somebody who was there suddenly took another viewpoint, they felt like lightning. And, it's, you know, he cast them down like lightning. But I actually had this thought. I thought, you know, I think the moment there was a shadow in Lucifer, like a turning, like a, a rebellious, a rebellion in his heart. The, the atmosphere of heaven probably just discharged him. Because, because you can't be there and be opposed to God. It's his realm. And God's plan, his true plan, his ultimate plan, is to bring the realm of heaven and establish it here on the earth and make earth look like heaven. That's what we do. Another way to realize it is this. When God created man, he put us in a garden. You know the story. They, they got kicked out of the garden. Right? But here's the amazing thing. God says, you know what I'll do? Instead of humans living in a garden, I'll put the garden in the humans. And so then, wherever you go, you're, you're living. In here is the garden. I'm living in the garden. My heart is the garden. It's where I walk with God in the cool of the day. It's where I walk with Him in the heat of the day. It's where I walk with God no matter what in this place. And, and, and because of this, the kingdom of heaven inside of me, I am equipped to release it here on earth. And so are you. Yay. And, and, so, and so this is our mission, if you choose to accept it. Yeah. And... Um, and so, uh, so a little bit of recap from last week. Also, um, this is new and old. Um, remember that these gifts are not personalities. They're grace. So what happens is God gives a grace to somebody, much like he does with the gifts of the Spirit. He also gives those gifts sovereignly. Prophecy, healing, miracles. Word of wisdom, discerning of spirits, right? Those things. We're talking about apostolic structure today, though. And, and what do I mean by that? Not personalities, but grace. In other words, you know, if Brian shares a word, there, I'm not sitting here going, uh, you know, I don't know. I kind of like a, you know, I kind of like a shorter guy to give a word, you know. Brian's a little tall for me, and that doesn't sit well with me, or. Yeah. Oh, you know, Brian's just got a little too much joy. I prefer a little bit more of a somber delivery. And, 
And you know, what, you know what I'm saying? I mean, when you sit down in a restaurant, you want your waiter to have joy, but your server to have joy. But as long as they bring you the food. And grace is the food. Grace is the food. And so I say that to say that this, these, these gifts of Christ, it's important that we, t- that we rid ourselves of all personal preference and judgments against personalities or types of people. And because if we, do, if we don't get rid of those, we won't be able to accurately see the grace that's available to us in all different kinds of people. And so I want to be able to receive what God has for me through any accent on the planet, through any teaching style on the planet, through preachers, through teachers, through all the different people. Whether they're, well, I just, I pretty much just only like to listen to teachers. I'm not really big on apostles, you know, evangelists, you know, pastors are all right. You know, yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? You get what I'm saying? I'm making a point there, kind of being silly. But preference will keep you from what God has for you. And ultimately, the Christian life is surrendered to his way. All right. Um, so our ability to receive grace and be equipped depends on our recognition of God's design and our ability, our desire to receive. Now, that Anyway. Could dig into that. Um, I've already said it. I was just going to go deeper on it. We're going to keep going. So if we're going to understand apostolic structure, we've got to realize that heaven has a structure. Everything in heaven reflects God's nature and desire perfectly. The kingdom of heaven, it does have a structure. So in this structure of the kingdom, all kingdoms have structure, right? There's a king. If you walk into a kingdom, actually, you walk into Solomon's kingdom, and that was what impressed the Queen of Sheba. Gosh, the way you order this place, the way your servants are dressed, the way, like, you, this whole kingdom is so, what wisdom you have. She was blown away by, by how his kingdom reflected this glory of God, just the excellence of every detail. So there is authority, there's structure, and there is rank by appointment or delegation, whichever word you choose to use. Now, if you need further convincing about the structure of the kingdom, we know that there are there's God, there's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. There are angels. All angel, angels seem to have a rank when we look into the scripture. There's archangels. We know of we know of two that are doing well and one who's completely lost. But, but like, and, and so what you see, even when you look at angelic beings, which again are created by God, and we see God's structure there, that even some angels have a greater authority or delegation than other angels. I mean, Michael or Gabriel shows up, you know it's serious business. You know? I wondered, I don't know, I, I wondered because they, they are so, they are given such power. I wondered, and I've always kind of thought this, that it, a third of the angels fell. Well, we don't know if there's more archangels, but from what we can see in Scripture, there's only three we know of. 
So it wouldn't be surprise me if there are only three, or were only three, there's two. And, um, and a big, like a loser, devil. And, uh, and so, but uh, Mike, so I thought if a third of the angels fell, I've always thought, I wonder if that's the third of all the angels that was under his authority. And because, because authority has such, such a downstream effect that when he fell, all his, they followed him. I don't know. But it's a good theory. It's a good theory. And there's some things you wonder about with God that you don't teach as truth or fact, but you do wonder. And sometimes I like to wonder out loud. And, um, and so, um, yay God. I think when you lose your wonder, you lose it. <laughs> you got to get your wonder. And uh, so, uh, rank does not decide value. Why? The value of something or someone, in this case, is determined by the price that is paid. Right? We know this is true. You can look at the housing market. and They're like, this is what our house is worth. This is what it's appraised for. But nobody buys it for that. That means it's not worth that much. It, it, the day that house sells or that car sells is the day that the value of that car is determined. Because it's really only worth what someone will actually pay. And, and, and so the value of every human being has been settled by the price that has been paid for us, which is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. That's why we don't have to worry about, well, you're an apostle you know, oh, I, you know, you're more important than me. No, not more important, not more valuable, but a different rank and a different function. And and so all of God's kingdom structure, do you know what it really requires? A lot of humility. It requires a lot of humility. It requires me to look at heaven and look at God and say, it's your way. God, you know what? I'm going to be what you made me to be, what you've called me to be. And my heart is to be faithful with that. I want to be fully what you've called me to be. I want to fulfill my purpose in this life fully. This is my life. This, I'll just tell you, this is my life. And I believe it's the, the call of every believer. Our true question ought to be, Father, our true prayer ought to be, Father, I want to run my race fully. I want to accomplish fully in this life what you've called me to. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And it's all different. We have the same mission, the great co-mission, but we all have great, all different varying places along in that mission. Amen? There's room for everybody in the kingdom. There's room for everybody in the church. And there's purpose for every person, every gift set. Amen. So value is settled. Value is determined by the price it's paid. Rank, if you want to use that word, some people go, rank, oh, that makes me uncomfortable. Well, rank equals role. Just knowing your role. There's sergeants in the army. They have a role. Now, if, you know, if they're like, well, you know what? What do you call like the, one of the top guys on an aircraft carrier? Huh? Kappa? Captain, yeah. So, you know, if, if the sergeant gets up one day and he's like, you know what? I 
think I want to be a captain, actually. I'm a captain today. He's going to find out really quick that shit doesn't work. Hey, Sarge. No, I'm captain. It's captain to you. Captain today. Oh, someone else actually has to decide that for you. This is how authority works. This is how authority works. Authority in an app and, and, and God's apostolic structure is a structure of authority. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful structure. Here's the thing about authority. For lots of people, it's the worst thing that's ever happened to them. Authority. We've all had bad experiences with authority figures in our lives. Whether it was the bus driver, <laughs> the teacher, my math. I remember my math teacher, like, embarrassed me one time. It wasn't that bad. I didn't get scarred from it. But it was bad enough to remember, like, I was so mad at him. You know, like, but God bless him. I love him today. I'm fine. But, but I remember I asked a question in class, and he was so frustrated. And you know what, look at him, he wasn't frustrated at me, but he was frustrated probably as a teacher, and I frustrated him in that moment, because I did not get what he was saying. He throws the pencil at the ceiling. I was like, well, Mr., I'm not going to say his name, he's having a bad day. I'm good, I'm good. I'm just saying, and we've had, and that's kind of just a fun one, but we've all had some kind of bad experience. I know I have. Some have had horrible ones. And so, the thing about authority is that it's meant to be the best thing that's ever happened to us in our whole life. Because ultimately, God is authority, and all authority comes from God. Now we go, well, I don't like that. I don't like the way that whoever treated whoever, you know. And the thing about it is, is that God gives authority. He's so empowering. He gives authority, and then he's, he doesn't control those that he's empowered. Now, you only let him go so far, God will step in. He does. He does. But he says, okay, I'll give this to you. And you'll, you'll just give a report to me on how you did with what I gave you. Wow. Everyone's going to stand before God. So you don't have to worry. It'll, it'll pan out. So he descended into the lower parts. All right. Um, All right, let's go through this and we'll just hit this last part in closing. See, in the kingdom of God, really, it transfers on earth. All authority is God-given, the scripture says. That's why even when I see a police officer, what you have to understand is that authority was passed down. And all authority... All authority started with God. The thing about authority is when, when, when a person is given it, what comes with authority is the ability to also give it to someone else. It's a powerful thing. In order to have authority, it must be given. Now, Chris Overstreet said last week when he was here, when you submit your life under Christ, you receive spiritual authority. That is true. And then furthermore, when I honor those that he has put in the kingdom around me or even in my life as a grace dispenser, it actually is another. It's actually, let me say it this way, you can't fully honor God without honoring those gifts. That actually is the truth. And everything in God's kingdom always translates to a human level. 
Because even, even if I love God, he says, how can you say you love God and hate your brother who's made in his image? So, so what, so all through the scripture, what you see, and this is what we're talking about today, is this apostolic structure that is designed to take heaven and put it here on earth. Did you know a great picture of this? And actually the word apostle comes from a Greek word. And it means one who is sent. And, and then it can also mean with a mission or a message. And so, so all believers are apostolic, not apostles, but there is an apostolic structure. There are apostles that are a gift. What I'm saying is there is a message that is carried that releases the kingdom. That's why when Jesus prayed the prayer, he demonstrated and then he sent. And he said, the message is this, the kingdom of heaven is and wherever you go, cast out devils, heal the sick, raise the dead, cleanse the leper. Freely receive, freely give. Amen. This is our mission. Is it a good one? Yeah. Who's in? He is. And you might bring the kingdom on earth by leading worship. You get what I'm saying here? Like you, now, you can see miracles anywhere. God will present. You might not have particularly this gift of miracles in your life, but you can still see miracles. Whatever the gift of grace in your life, God has equipped you to see this come on earth. Oh, it's what I started to say. Um, it's a Greek word, apostle. And in the Roman army, now I'm not saying Rome is a great picture of heaven. It was horrible. It was a horrible conquering. It was. And yet, how many know that so much of what has happened on earth is just a twisted, like a perversion of God's design? Now, one, one place you can see this with the Romans is that all their soldiers, and this does translate to the Christian life, all their soldiers were warriors, and all of their soldiers had a skill for building. And so what they would do when they went in, this is, we're not celebrating this part because and we romanticize history, how many know that? It was brutal, but they went in. They plundered, they killed, they took. And then once they did that, all the, all the soldiers then put their swords away, put their stuff away, and they got out their tools. And those who could build bridges, build bridges. Those who could build aqueducts, started building aqueducts. Those who could build fountains, started building fountains. And they just started building. And their whole mission was to make every place they conquered look just like Rome. And so Jesus calls his disciples, his twelve, he calls them apostles. So you get the point. Heaven on earth. So this apostolic grace and this, this kingdom structure, this kingdom of God, is what it does for you and me. It keeps us heaven focused. Mission-minded, you know. Do you, do you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm closing in this that we sort of all find our niches that we like to live in. Do you know what I'm saying? If you're pastoral, you're like, I just want to pastor people. I just want to gather them up. I just want to feed them. I just want to love on people. You know, and you know, if you're if you're evangelistic or or whatever it is. Do you know what I'm saying? Or and then you can kind of go like, well, you know, really being a Christian is really just about loving people. Well, it is. 
there's only two things really to do. Love God and love people. That is that is true. But in that, here's this is what I'm getting to here. See that in that, because a lot of us, what we what we can do and I love community. Like I just love to, I love just to have a good time. I love to sit around, and hang out. But but. But when the apostolic grace, get you get around it, you get reminded that, yes, we're a family. Yes, we love each other. And we have a mission to see kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, established on the earth.